We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hey guys, it's Kirk Henderson. Welcome to Radio Free Mavs. Uh, I wasn't going to have a green room today. My wife and I went to the Texas State Fair, parked, walked in, meandered around, and got some uh, really uh, kind of the like the, the finalist for the favorite food picks. Then after about 20 minutes, we had a call from a school that we had to come get him and because he was sick. So fuck all today is kind of how my mood is, but I uh, didn't want to just be pissy, and I figured I should go ahead and post this because uh, we like doing these on Fridays. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any news. Um, I lit Trey Burke on fire at about one in the morning with uh, you know his chicanery about why he doesn't need to um, take the vaccine, and then you know just kind of reminded everybody that he's a he's like actively posted about the fact that he thinks vaccines are uh, radio frequency identifiers. Like people track you using vaccines. Like he's not, I don't want to take this, my freedom. He's, I believe the government is spying on me. Like Mavericks don't have time for this. Um, yeah. And plus they now have 16 guys on the roster. So, you know, I probably wouldn't have done much with it unless, uh, something I was like triggered by the fact that he used, um, in his message to Mike Ducey, he used quotation marks around words that shouldn't have quotation marks where he's like, uh, pharmaceuticals, like they're not real. Um, my mother puts quotation marks around my dog's name whenever she sends me cards and stuff. She's like, no, Parker, uh, Mary Parker Kirk. And, and then quote Huck, like that's not his name. Like, Huck is his name. That's not how you use quotation marks. And I, I was triggered the same way that Trey Burke did it. So it just kind of made me fly off the handle about one in the morning. And I wrote that post because 
I don't know. I'm just tired of thinking about all this. Um, one guy on Twitter told me this morning, we get it. You're an absolutist to a degree, but mainly I want to be, I want my basketball to be about basketball. And the main way it's about basketball is if the people don't get sick and we can talk about basketball. That's it's really incredible how that works. Um, okay. So why don't you uh, invite yourself up on stage? I'll bring up as many people as we can, and we will talk about all the random stuff from training camp. I'm looking forward to people's thoughts. Some of you might be more up to date than me because I have not been online much today. So coming up first is Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? Hey, Kirk. Long time no talk. Good to see you. How are you today? Uh, I'm doing all right. It's Friday. Kind of overcast, so can't complain. Yeah, it is. Is it going to rain or what? I hope so. I hope so. Um, so, yeah, I mean, to keep things on basketball here, uh, I I want to put a positive spin because, like you, I'm normally a grump, and I just want to stay positive while we can. And um, I'm feeling great about the Mavs. Aren't you? Like, like, I love these clips. These clips are a delight. Oh, yeah. I, I watched, like, all the interviews um, from uh, Locked On Mavs, like, all their – like one-on-ones with them. They did good uh, stuff. Enjoyed those. Yeah. Moses Brown was hilarious. Uh, I, I really liked Luca saying, being like, well, if I like a girl, I'm going to ask him out on the date. Like, that's how you know. Like, like there's no games. There's no bullshit. He's just like, I'm Luca Doncic. I'm going to ask a girl out on a date. It was just incredible. Even though he's been with the same yeah. woman since he was like 13. <laughs> so, no, it, it's, been, it's been fun here. But I've been very worried about all of the talk about getting KP back to New York KP and he's a power forward when in reality, you know, he's a center. And I was a little worried about the news that Dwight Powell was going to be a starter, although it really matters more who finishes than you know, sure. agree. Cause agree. I, I, I would replace him with Reggie Bullock, have those three wings who can all shoot and just right. terrify the crap out of, you know, defenses. But yeah. one thing it, I guess speaking of lockdown again, um, they brought up on their podcast last night the five man unit of KP, Dwight, Luca, Tim, and Dorian back, not this past season, but 19 and 20. Oh, yeah. And so it was the 2019 2020 season of choice or a uh, uh, lineup of <laughs> choice until Powell got hurt. Right, exactly. But they had like a 109 defensive rating. And I was a little shocked to hear that. So. Again, just a little bit of optimism. I'm also shocked to hear that. Well, because last year, both those guys were so and, – and granted, I think we need to give both Porzingis and Powell a bit of grace. But Porzingis was getting scored on at 60% at the rim, which is 10% over what he had been the previous year. Like, it was bad. Powell, exactly. Powell gets scored on, and I could be wrong. I, somebody may need to check the numbers on me on this. But last time I remember seeing his – like, his, his allowed field goal percentage at the rim was 80%. <laughs> Like he dudes might miss more with him not being there. Like it's so I don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah, but um, I mean, for reference, they also said that just Pop, the two man of Powell and KP last year, uh, specifically last year, was like one thirty six defensive rating. Um, <laughs> but there but, wasn't very much many minutes of those. Like, yeah, it, it was small hey. sample size. Yeah, but to yeah. me, what that what that says is that. Honestly, it's not necessarily about, you know, Dwight Powell. Obviously, he's a really bad defender, but it's about KP getting back to where he was in 1920 and cleaning up, you know, basically everything around the rim. And then real good on defense. Yeah, it really was. 
So yeah. I'm just hoping that can be the case. And then maybe, because I know Mavs Moneyball has actually written about this in the past, um, Kid will employ, like, hopefully not the same super aggressive defenses, but just something more aggressive that, you know, Powell can go trap a ball screen. Because I know that mm-hmm. on defense, that's theoretically, like, the one thing he can kind of do and not be off. Oh, yeah, he's, he's a, like, that's where his, like, trying to think how to phrase this. His like fretnik energy comes into and can be positive because he really is six eleven. You know, he's got high hips and long arms and he can kind of, you know, um there was uh the celebration back in Street Fighter Two, um the the doll what was his name? Dollism? Can't remember his name, but the the guy whose arms extended at the end of every match. Like that's Dwight Powell playing defense. Um I'm uh, it may be a really old reference <laughs> for, for half the channel, but some would probably go find a gif and get what I mean, but that like Powell on like like that sort of stuff is is pretty good. He's got active hands. He's he's that's where his kind of his athleticism is really in value. It's just like like when guys back him up, like it's just it's over at that point. So right. So yeah, that's really all I have. Just trying to inject a little bit of optimism. Oh, I'm, I, the I, season. I, no, there should be a lot of optimism going into the season. Let's be clear. I. I it was so funny. Josh and I did a uh, podcast Wednesday. If you haven't listened to it, go go give it a holler. Um, where we're talking about you know Luca and Burke or not Burke, Luca and Brunson and and Hardaway. And I mean, just by the time I'm done talking with those three guys, like kind of looking at range of outcomes for all three, feeling really good. Like I, you know, I, I'm kind of a first and foremost a Burke kind of complainer uh, or a Brunson a Brunson complainer about like what he can and can't do. But even if he comes back as the exact same guy, which I don't expect, that player was really good last year. So it's it's just, I don't know, like I'm trying to see the other side of what, you know, Chuck Cooperstein stir, you know, caused a little stir in the middle of summer. And he's like, well, why can't you, why can't these guys improve? Uh, I don't know if we'll ever see as good a season again from Dorian, because like Dorian just caught, like, his his three point numbers for the year were he like, he shot forty percent for the year because he shot like forty five percent for like for after like his six kid weeks. and it's just right after his yeah kid was born. and so it's like if if you assume like I don't know some some progression for some people some regression for others I don't see why they can't be really good I mean they were a couple of of they they should have been better than they were last year you know throwing COVID aside just if they would have paid attention in kind of these end of you know, these, these games against lesser teams. So, so I think you should have a lot of optimism to start the year. I, I certainly do. I mean, there are these little things where there's like a, you know, what the coaches are saying and then what the Mavericks actually do, I think are just going to be two different deals. Cause you know, Josh Bowe's releasing a piece on Monday where it's like looking at kids offenses over his time. And, you know, there's two ways of looking at this. One, you could be really worried because his offenses for all of it, for all uh, his previous head coaching years were all real bad. Like there's just no other way around it. On the other hand, he never had anybody like Luca. So if you assume that like Luca's going to do Luca Doncic things, then I'm not sure how much there really is to worry about. I think that down the road, if you're getting in like a seven game series, if the Mavericks get to the second round of the playoffs, maybe some of these things start to catch up with you. But you worry about that when you can worry about that. Like I'm just to the point now where I want to see how far they can do, and I'm really going to try not to to worry about some of these things. I, I 
I'm growing ever bullish on KP because while like the comments on him playing four sort of drive me crazy, I think that there's some value in really pressing him and and making him splits. We need to see what he can do. Like go through 20 games and try to feature him as much as possible. And if the results aren't there, the Mavs aren't going to win and then they're going to do something different. That's going to be that. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Like my, I guess my, and maybe I'm looking way too far ahead. Um, cause I'm with you. I think we're going to be a kick assuming health and you know, whatnot. Like, I think we're going to be a kick-ass regular season team. I, I struggle yeah. to find three teams in the, in the West that I feel like for sure have a, a strong chance to be, have a better record than us. So I feel like we're going to get home court advantage. My worry is just like, when those details come up in the second round or the Western yeah. conference playoffs, like, are we, trying to force KP, you know, the into the post against a Kawhi Leonard right. and he gets stripped and, you know, goes the other yeah. way. So, and I, I, guess, I think we just have to kind of, we, we just, I think all of us kind of collectively have to wash our hands of, of that until it becomes a thing. Like worrying about the future is, is kind of, is it's just so far down the line. Now, the thing that I would really hope for is in 2019, 20 KP's defense, like helped the team in a great deal. In, in 2020, 2021, I think because his his de- – like, he would have these games where he wouldn't get the ball, and then it would affect his defense. And that frustrates me as a fan because I think that good defense should lead to good offense, not good offense leading to good defense. Does that make sense? Oh, I, okay. So whenever I played basketball, like, I tried to – almost mirror myself off of like Dennis Rodman. So I absolutely agree with you on that, but I feel like KP almost yeah. is the other way around. I, he, I, he definitely does. He is so, he overthink. you know, the, there was, um, I think Jose might've mentioned this when he was up here last time when we were talking earlier in the week, but it was, you can tell like Porzingis is incredibly thoughtful. And I think sometimes that thoughtfulness can turn into overthinking things and he's just very cognizant of his box score stuff. And that long term, that's just not going to work. It's just, you know, it's, it's a little, it's the, it, it's not, that stuff will come. I mean, if you look at his box score stats last year, he really didn't have that good of a season for those of us who watched all the games. And yet it was his most efficient season ever. So like there's, you know, it, I, I think this stuff kind of comes out in the wash. And if it doesn't, then they'll try something new. I mean, the, Luca's just on a timeline right now. I mean, I really liked how he looks. Um, it's the first time in oh, year two he looked pretty good, but rookie year and then last year he did not look good in training camp. Like there was just just something off. Um, I don't know. He he has like this complexion that where whenever he's like huffing and puffing, his face gets all pink, and you can just tell. And it's just I don't know. It's one of my <laughs> things. Well, thank you for joining me, Brandon. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I was like I said, I was feeling a l- little bit better, and honestly, now I feel even better. So. You just feel great because we get to watch <laughs> basketball in like a week. In five days, the Clipper game, I think, is is one of them. God, they play the Clippers, don't they? Ugh. Oh, my God. All right. Yeah. All right. Let's talk soon. Thanks for coming. All right. Coming up next, had some requests in the meantime. Jose, what's happening, my guy? Not much. Just enjoying this rainy weather in Oak Cliff. (laughs) I need it to rain. I... This wind and it not raining just gives like the pressure gives me a headache and then I get crabbier than normal. I just I, I very much want it to rain and then I want to go take a nap. 
I I wanted to to join and like kind of just put out there that I want Maxie and Dwight traded, but I'll hold off on that until the season starts. Ooh. And no, let's give it out. I love this is what I love <laughs> these things for because it's like people different people thinking about different things. And one of the things that I, I really enjoy about like the kind of democratization of content where you have all these websites and things like this where people can do stuff is sometimes you hear something that you just doesn't cross your mind because nobody's talking about it. So let's hear it, Jose. So my frustration with these two guys is they're likable guys. And I just yep. hate that that is something that the office just overuses to keep them. I mean, these guys are 30 years old. <laughs> their, their developing time is kind of over. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm so glad we've not heard the phrase young Mavericks. This is a young team. We've not heard it yet this preseason. <laughs> and and like uh like X alluded to in the chat is that he had COVID and he had a, a Achilles injury, but like the eye test when I watch Maxi play is that when he gets the uh, the shot at the top of the key or even at the corner, he'll sometimes just overthink it, pass it out. And that's what the volume is not there when you need right, for, he shoots so well. He should shoot six. He should take six to seven attempts a game and he takes like four. Right. And, and that's just what's so aggravating. Uh, watching Maxi is that, sorry, my dog is barking, but uh, I, I get it. <laughs> but, uh, that's just what frustrates me. I, I mean, I, I do like when he makes defensive plays. I'm, I, I'm not a hater of Maxine the white. Sure. But uh, also with Dwight, it's just, you know, he's extremely athletic. He brings a lot of energy, but it's just all the heart and effort only goes so far. You actually have to have more skill than just energy and effort. And that's kind of why Josh Green, to me, is also probably going to be traded, too. But again, I'm probably the odd man out with these thoughts and opinions, but... I don't think you are. I I really don't think you are. I think that with a new front office, they're not married to any of these people outside of Luka Doncic. And I think that they will have to do their best to convince Mark Cuban that if a deal is on the table, they need to try new things if things aren't going right for the team. Here's what I know for a fact. And you, 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 we've all been through this. 1920, they came out the gates and they were 16 and five. They were annihilating people. They, it, it was like, it really kind of put some fear around the team. And then um, injuries started to happen. And I think they've been chasing that bump, that, that, that first quarter of the season in 2019-20 since. And they've just not been able to put things together for COVID reasons, for, you know, schedule reasons. And they just can't let go. And, you know, then Powell got hurt. And it just, you know, it, it threw things off. So I get why. I'm just, I think the league has changed significantly since the start of the 1920 season. I believe, you know, and talking with like Seth Partnow and some of these other really smarter like analytics guys, the Mavericks, I'm pretty sure thought they had something that the league wasn't going to catch up to for two or three years. And instead, by the end of the season, other teams had started to figure out the super spread stuff that was going on and, you know, look at last year, 
nine, like 10 teams beat the Mavericks offensive rating in 1920, which was historic. So, you know, it, it's, it, there's always kind of a game of chess going on with what's going on in basketball. But I, I do think that, that these guys, one thing to remember about Maxi in particular, Maxi played too many minutes because they didn't have other options. So the thing about um, Reggie Bullock that is important to this rotation, whether he starts, whether he comes off the bench, they played eight guys from February to like the end of April. There was the rotation was so short for an NBA season that Maxi got ground to dust. And if he's coming off the bench and if he can give you 25 minutes or less, then I think you're getting wins out of Maxi. Same for, for Dorian Finney-Smith, who played like a career high in minutes. If you can trim five minutes a game off of his you know, game logs and you multiply that times the 78 games he's going to play in a season, that's a lot of wear and tear off a guy's body. And so I'm just – this is one – granted, you know, you guys know me. I'm going to watch like the first half of the first game and I'm going to be losing my mind and demanding everyone get traded. But at the moment, I'm just feeling okay about where they are and, you know, we'll give it till the trade deadline. Because if things aren't working, I think this, this group is going to move people. Right, and that's kind of why I wanted to hold off on my opinions, but you you asked me to do so, so I gave it. <laughs> I appreciate that because this is how we grind out grind out Friday afternoon uh, basketball talks. I'd rather talk about basketball than I'm than the yard work I should probably do. So, have you got anything else for us, Jose? Uh, yeah, I, I was going to ask if you're going to the uh, open scrimmage on Sunday. I am not. Um, I think with my, my my sick kid, I am probably out of commission all weekend. Lauren Gunn will be going for us. Um, if you don't follow her on Twitter, go give her a follow. Um, she's pretty excited. We're gonna. She has a real day job too, but she's gonna be covering the Mavericks for us at some games that she can fit into her schedule. And you know we haven't we didn't have that last year just for obvious reasons. Um, so yeah, I'm. If you're you know, if you're posting in the chat or if you're going on Sunday, post in the chat because, like, that'll be a fun environment to both kind of watch basketball and then just, you know, kind of – the basketball is not as important. It's just kind of an atmospheric thing. It should be fun. Right, and and especially seeing, like, you know, just kid and, and the whole cast just on the court shooting, even yeah. running. Uh, supposedly, it's going to be two halves of 20 minutes apiece. So – that that should be fun, and I just wanted to know because I, I'm going. I'm gonna miss some of the Cowboys, even though I do love the Ooh. Cowboys. You know, I I gotta support the Mavericks. The Mavericks, even though I don't like all the pieces on this team, the Mavericks just have this energy, this brand new feeling, and especially with Luca at 22 years old. I mean, you can't not seeing something free. <laughs> you know, and, and seeing a talent like his. So I just wanted to know, but uh, that's all I have for you today. Kirk, thanks for bringing me up. Absolutely, buddy. You have a good day. Um, whoop, let's see here. Coming up next, I'm going to let Dalton on because Dalton's probably uh, cutting out of work and may have to go at any moment. Dalton, what's up? Oh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of dragging my feet today, but uh, it's Friday, so I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Um, I will share with you in DM what happened to me later, but uh, it has not been a great Friday, <laughs> is, is what I'll say. 
So well, well, it, it, the the good news is that you know Mavs basketball is almost back, and we have a lot to look forward to. And I have a couple of things just as I was listening here, I wanted to bring up. But can we just take a moment to recognize that people are being more optimistic about the Mavs than I am right yeah. now? It's good. It's, it, are you are you are you concerned? Like are, that people are coming no, for your no, corner? No, 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 no. I, I'm not concerned. I'm just like you know. I, I I've I've been pretty vocal about. I, I think they're going to end up with home court this year. I think they'll be top three in the West. I could see them getting that third spot. But you know, just in the last week alone, we've seen Bobby Marks say that he could see the Mavs go into the finals. <laughs> <laughs> winning the West and going to the finals. And then uh, I had uh, Dan Favalli uh, from the Hardwood uh, Knox podcast. Hardwood Knox? Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah I, I downloaded that. I've not heard it yet, though. Yeah, yeah. I went on with him uh, on Wednesday, and we were talking. And when it got to the point uh, where we were kind of making our suggestions or, you know, where we thought the Mavs would be, I told him where I thought I had him at. And he was just like, yeah, I think their ceiling is first in the West. And I'm just thinking, like, Man, <laughs> that's not a ceiling. Like that's the sky. What are we talking about? The yeah, so, space. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm encouraged by that. It, it makes me feel like I'm not just like on this planet by myself. So I mean, that, that's really nice to have that. And then, uh, you know, the second thing is, I know it's early, and I know there's actual basketball games that have to be played and. You know, we have to get through an entire season and everything. But as of right now, just like with the energy around the franchise and, you know, watching all these clips from training camp and everything and seeing Jason Kidd on, uh, you know, on Instagram live things, he's going up to KP on a workout bike. And, you know, it seems like they're off to a good relationship and everything. It seems like that is is starting out on as good of a note as you could hope for. Uh, now, yeah. like I said, from a coaching perspective, we'll just have to play some games and see how it goes. But as far as just like an, ener- an energy thing, uh, you know, good vibes, all that stuff, it's getting off to as good of a start as you could ask for. I, I, I tend to agree. And, you know, anybody in the, in the chat that's listening that's worked in an office, um, and, you know, I'm, I'm actually currently going through this with my day job. Like when when someone's being an ass all the time, it brings this the collective mood down. And I think Carlisle often tried really hard to be goofier on occasion, or at least not super uptight. But that man can't help himself. I mean, he just can't help himself. I heard a story on the Hoop Collective this week, and I'm sure half of you guys did too, about how he played the piano at Harrison Barnes' wedding. And sort of like bogarted the schedule to do so. And it was like implied that it was very just odd. And it's Rick trying to be, a, you know, trying to be friendly, trying to do something spontaneous. Try, but instead all he did was make it a little weird. And I think things not being a little weird goes a long way <laughs> with how these guys are doing now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I mean, I mean, I, the the way I put it was, you know, Jason Kidd was not my first choice as as head coach. I don't think he was many, many people's <laughs> first choice, but you know, it, it got to a point over the off season where it was just like, you know what? This this is what it is. 
uh, might as well just, you know, hope for the best and go with it. And yeah. when you, when you look at the more re- I know it, it was more fresh on people's minds, you know, the, the, the horrible stints he had in Milwaukee and Brooklyn because that, that book came out uh, and it, it, it yeah. rehashed everything and made it fresh. But, you know, the more recent stuff with the Lakers, you know, that was all positive, nothing but good reports yeah. coming from all those guys. He even admitted that he jumped into head coaching way too soon. Uh, you know, you, he, he's real close with Dirk, who's now officially back with the, with the Mavs, even though, you know, we can debate whether that's more of a mascot role than anything else. But, you know, <laughs> he's still back with him. Uh, good relationship with Cuban. We know him and Nico were a package deal. All that, all that good stuff. So, I don't think there's going to be a power struggle there anymore. I think he kind of. I, I have hope that he has learned from those previous uh, head coaching mistakes. And I, uh, like I, like I said on uh, uh, my last podcast, you know, you could have a mascot as the coach for <laughs> for the Mavs as long as you have Luca on your team, you're going to win a ton of games. Well, we're going to get to this. We're going to get to this during the season, but Matt Phillips, who may have exited the chat already, but he, he, you know, is one of our writers at at Mavs Moneyball. And we've been talking about the 75th anniversary list coming out because, you know, it's the NBA 75th year, though uh, it maybe actually isn't, um, depending on who you believe with the, the start of the league. It's a real fun debate. I recommend subscribing to the Pro Hoops History Substack for that. Um, but we've been talking about this a lot, and Luca. There's a strong case for Luca to be on this list now, like to be a top 75 player right now. And you know, Shaq was on it when they did the 50th anniversary one, and he'd only been in the league for two or three years at that point. And it's it was prescient because, duh, Shaq was on an all timer course, just like Luca. So I bring that up to say, you know, Jason Kidd was an all-star. He went multiple finals appearances, NBA championship. He has played and played against top-tier players. And I hope that he understands, and I think he does, the degree to which just getting out of the way can be really beneficial for somebody like Luca. I, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm, that's where I am, too. I'm feeling bullish. One more thing, and I got to head out here, but – how much stock are you willing to buy on Moses Brown right now? Because <laughs> when they when they traded for him, it was just like, okay, well, that's just you know salary filler coming back. The Celtics didn't really want him, but uh, I mean, I really like what I've seen out of him so far. I mean, we we know the potential has been there. We saw what he did, you know, at, at times with OKC last year. Uh, I don't know, you know, if they're gonna <laughs> if Jason Kidd is adamant on starting Dwight Powell. Uh, given the right. other bigs on the roster, I don't know how he's going to carve out any significant role with with the bigs they have. But I mean, I like what I've seen out of him. I, I think there's some. I don't know. I mean, the one thing that matters in the in just like a snapshot thought is the dude is legitimately enormous. Seeing him standing next to Tyson Chandler, who is also enormous, is just really something to see. His body type just reminds me of like one of those uh, like you see him out front of like mattress stores, like the the wind things that blow up in the air and shake all around. Like he's just so thin, but I don't know. I, he's young enough to where you need to give big guys till they're twenty five or so. Um, and if they do keep him, then I think then they inevitably need to move somebody else because they've got a lot of bigs. So all right, Dalton pieced up. Never mind. 
Um, all right. So coming up next, we have Aaron. Aaron, how are you this afternoon? Might have to hit. Sorry. Hey, can you hear me now? Yeah, I can. Thanks for joining. Sorry, buddy. Uh, yeah, first of all, I want to say, you know, I'm very optimistic. I do have a KP concern I'd like to get into. But sure. let me touch it off quick with a Burt uh, thing. He, uh, you know, he was on the bubble anyways. And so Bubble Burke is back because now he's gone. <laughs> he could be gone. But my concern with that is, doesn't he have another year after this one left on his deal? That oh, he's got this. If they cut, like, because nobody's trading for him. I mean, I can see one. I picked out one team that could trade for him, the Oklahoma City Thunder, who, who their management may want to hit the salary floor at some point. But if they trade him, then he's just – or if they if they can't do anything, then he's just dead cap. Like, they have 16 guys, so someone is going away. Like, that's what makes this all particularly iffy. Um Last year was the first year of Trey Burke's three-year deal. That was an increasing deal with a 15% trade kicker. Um, having talked about this, it's probably Tyler Adams, I think, who I've talked about this the most, where if you if you look at like what they were thinking, they thought that they might be able the, – the trade kicker was to make his contract more dollars on purpose so that they could include him in deals because – it's really hard sometimes to find guys that you can move around where their salaries aren't enormous, but they're also their salaries aren't a million dollars because like the median NBA salary at this point is like 9 million, but you have guys who are making 22 to 24 and then guys who are making the veteran minimum to like the rookie, uh, the end of like the rookie contract where it's just, there's not a lot of guys that make like five to nine million bucks or twelve million bucks to throw into deals, and I think that's why they gave him that deal three or uh, last year, just as like a, a, a concept. But I think if they if if he does, you know, if he's whoever the odd man out is, and they're not able to move anyone, then then he's just I think it's just dead cap. But it doesn't matter if you're over the salary cap at that point, anyways. Oh, personally, I don't want him on the team because he doesn't offer much as far as his game and the whole. Like it was kind of shocking. I don't know what he what got into him in Orlando, but he was really good in Orlando, and then just just last year was rough. Yeah, he careered for a month in Orlando. It's a good time. But, to, uh, good time to career right before you're up for a deal. <laughs> yeah, I got him a three year deal. But I want to talk about KP. Uh, the first guy kind of got into it about Jason Kidd wanting to find you know New York KP, and you know sure that would be great. But the part that concerns me is on media day. I heard both Kid and KP specifically mention, oh, he needs to get him about five or six post-ups a game. Like, how are we not done with that by now? That whole thought. Am I the only one? No. I, I mean, honestly, our Slack, like, flew into, like, you know, 70. I come back to, like, 70 messages of people being like, what the heck? And – it's uh, where I've settled on is earlier I mentioned how I think they're going to try to uh, showcase KP because if you get that volume, if you get him six post touches a game and he's not, he has never been efficient on those touches. Like just never, it's not a thing, not for a consistent stretch that will show up almost immediately in the box score. And then in the win loss total. So if the goal is to really get the, you know, they're, They might have to sacrifice some wins if this is what they're really going for. I don't think it's a good idea. I think it's a terrible idea. 
I think KP, you know, I don't necessarily think KP is bad or anything, but I think we kind of have to start refer, stop referring to him as a co-star because he's not. Um, he's a he's a Mavericks basketball player that happens to make a great deal of money. That is what it is. But you know, they made the investment; they're going to stick with it. And I will at least I will do my best to at least give it a handful of games before I, I lose my mind about it. Because I, but I agree with you. I mean. I- yeah, I mean, I agree with you completely. Like, uh, you know, I, I want him to be a co-star. You know, that would be great. Of course, we all Mavs fans do. I don't think posting up is the way to go about it, and I'm a little bit worried that kid has no idea how to run an offense. But I think that, you know, eventually, if that's not working, Luca Ball will take over, and it won't really matter what the coach says. <laughs> I kind of think so. I mean, I, what I'm really hoping for is just some pace. Um a lot like the Slovenian listeners and people who follow their national team have convinced me after, you know, just the summer that I think Luca was getting a little bit tired because a 40 minute versus a 48 minute game is a different beast for a guy over the course of the year. But I think Rick really controlled the pace. Like they were bottom three team in pace. And it's so funny to me that Carlisle is going to the Pacers who are a top three team in pace last year. So he's just going to completely throw a wrench in whatever games they're running. I just want to see Luca run. I want to see guys get more like like looks within a break, and you know, like easy baskets matter. And Luca's such a smart passer. And you know, if you have all these different scores from all over the floor, maybe they can do some different stuff. You know, heck, maybe you get KP some looks in transition. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's what New York KP was was transition KP. You see all his you know highlights of him running the floor, throwing it down. But I don't, you know, want to see him posting up. But, uh, you know, to your earlier point, what you were just saying about Luca, have we ever seen him run? I mean, I know he's better in the half court, but was that just Rick stopping him from running or does he not like to? I think Rick hated turnovers more than just about anything. Really, really hated turnovers. And, you know, you look at like a guy like Russell Westbrook, for example. Westbrook always has a ton of turnovers, but he always has a ton of stats. And, I think that that you know turnovers can become a problem, and if a guy like Luca's like getting sloppy with the ball, you obviously want to put put a bit of a, a stop to that. But I think they did it at the expense of baskets. And I, I've been thinking a lot about what is talk wrote. Where in like the fourth quarters of games, if they were up by ten, they would just bleed the shot clock dry and then take a terrible basket. And you know, basketball is a game of runs. Like if you have a ten point lead with four minutes left, you don't try to hold on to that lead. You try to build on it. And I think Rick was just so concerned about their defense that he, because Mavericks transition defense has been bad for like a decade. It didn't matter who was in charge of it. it this they've always been bad at it. That's one something I wonder if Kid can kind of have a handle on. Um, I you know, but we'll we'll see. And and that no, that that's just sort of where where I am at the moment. Yeah, I'm about with you on that, too. And, you know, let's have a good KP year, but I'm going to lose my mind if he's posting up way too much. Well, I mean, see, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I I, I'm, I don't think it's a good – I want him to be dunking. I want him to get, like, rim run looks. And and really, I would love him to shoot, like, eight threes a game. Like, but I'm fine with that because he hits one and defense freak out. All right. Well, thank you, Aaron. We'll talk soon. All right. Coming up next – Christian seems to have taken down his chat request, so I'll bring up Sean. Hi, Sean. Hey, Kirk. How's it going? It's good. What's going on today? I'm filling out paperwork. So, <laughs> real, real boring Friday. Yes. So, before I get into the uh, to KP, 
It's funny you bring up Pace with Kid. He had a quote while he was still uh, with the Bucks where he said Pace as a stat was overrated and didn't win championships. Well, I mean, he didn't win championships. I, don't, I mean, so it's like yeah, but- that man pressed the ball all the time as a player. I can't believe he would say stuff like that because, like, I, I do I, – someone showed me that. I, I There's just – I'm just – where I am now is I have to believe he's not going to hold them back. I'm I'm betting and willing he's going to try a bunch of stuff. Like Nick is in the chat saying, I really want, you know, basically saying I would like to see some New York Porzingis where he gets a lot of opportunities to post up or at least get comfortable with the ball. Uh, I, I, when I when I hear about what kid is doing with with offense and really talking, I'm thinking getting the ball out of Lucas' hands more, which I am okay with this as an experiment. They have to try something. Look, if it doesn't work, it's going to be obvious. It's going to be really hard hitting because I'm questionable about it because I don't think they have anyone else on the team that can dribble a basketball. So it's like if we're getting Luca out, <laughs> out of the ball, it's like somebody else is going to have to handle the rock. So it's like the, the pace stuff is, is I don't know. You know, Luca had very few long passes, it, it, really. You know, when I talk about running, I don't necessarily mean Luca running. I mean everyone else running. And in the Olympics, the Slovenian team had a lot of just, you know, they got easy baskets with Luka doing stuff like that. Like and the that. Mavericks and the could, Maver- use, could do more of that, in my opinion. Yeah, and I guess that's kind of, we talk about pace and transition as as they're kind of different. So I wonder if running just means, for them at least, getting up to the floor to get into a set faster, not necessarily getting transition buckets. Hmm. Okay. I like this because you, Luca really wouldn't get into a set until about 16 seconds left on the shot clock. Like he would get the ball past half court at, you know, 17, 18, and then they would start their set. And like that, I always felt was just a massive waste of time. Yeah. So if, if they do that, I think, I think it will be a little bit, you know, maybe their pace won't be as high, but they'll be getting better possessions if that's what they're right. Doing. Which right. mentioned something a little bit like a couple minutes ago or a couple seconds ago about getting the ball out of K, uh, K, uh, Luca's hands. And for KP, I actually think him being the, the four is going to save his career. He's from a... Okay. I don't want him in the post or maybe not in the post, but like as the five as much just from not getting banged up. I'd rather have him on the perimeter, even if it's maybe a little bit worse. But for his post-ups, I think it, I kind of imagine him maybe as an older Dirk, like less vertical is what his game should probably be to preserve him now. I don't know. I, I think if you use any basketball player with the intent to preserve them, you end up taking away aspects of what makes that player special. And I feel that looking back at a lot of night or 2021, the Mavericks did that to Porzingis in a way because they were concerned about his health and his movement. But if he's had a summer to get things correct, and if he feels good, I think they have to let him go. I think they have to use him to the extent of his – because you know you don't call him the unicorn to cover up his horn, um, 
there's just some things that, that I hope they try. I do understand what you're saying because I think a lot of this is just fodder for discussion. You know, if, if he's starting at the four, but finishing at the five, and let's say he only plays like nine minutes in like one of those shooting lineups, that's fine. And I think that's what you're getting at here where it's just like, you don't want to play him at five forever because it's probably going to break him down. Anthony Davis has the same objection. So if that's what you're saying, then I agree. Um, Yeah. I mean, not, like even Dirk played the five a little bit, but I'm just thinking about all the taking away some of the dangerous plays. Like, cause I, I think for him as a move for him and his movement, he has really bad spatial awareness, which is why he lands very awkwardly almost every time he jumps. Yeah. So, now the, the, the landing and athleticism thing, I, I, that always, people think I overreact to that, but it's just, I mean, damn, watching that guy land. And then, you know, as I get older and I watch different sports and like you watch what certain people do and it's just like, man, no wonder this guy's career got cut short compared to somebody else. Like Dirk never did that because Dirk never put himself in the position (laughs) to get hurt. Yeah. I mean, if, if he has to, if he has bad spatial awareness and has to basically see his feet when he's landing, Mm -hmm. having him run a ton of uh, pick and rolls where he's, you know, Rolling to the basket is just kind of that's dangerous, right? So that that's kind of why I think if he is l- maybe less vertical and is at the four more, that could you know push his career longer than what it might be if he tries to be the unicorn of New York. Sure, sure. I mean, I there's a variety of ways you can use him. Where I hope for him that he cuts out of his diet is the dribbling that doesn't go anywhere. Like, everyone knows what I'm talking about. Like, when you watch Kevin Durant dribble a basketball, he goes from here to there in a blink of an eye because he uses his length. When Porzingis dribbles the basketball, it's almost like, okay, you guys have heard me talk forever. There's sometimes you can tell when I gather my thoughts and there's, like, additional words like, um, but... That's what a dribble is for Porzingis. It's him figuring out what he wants to do in the meantime, but all it really does is allow for the defense to get set up, and I hope he works that out. You know, it's one thing to post up and to, you know, have your back to the basket and have different options from there. But there was – I posted one play. It was game one of uh, the Clippers series where he got uh, – uh, Kawhi got switched on to him. He it was in a post-up, too, uh, after, after a screen he dribbled out to the three-point line for some reason, and then Kawhi just took the ball from him. <laughs> like, no, he has to be decisive in his movements, is I guess what I would say. Even if it's a little bit robotic, I just want to see as much like quick action from him as possible. No Carmelo 2004-type stuff. Yeah, like, I mean, that goes back to his kind of personality. He likes to, he likes to think things through. So if he's having to freestyle, it just it doesn't work for him. It's sure. kind of why post-up is probably his favorite environment to work out of. Just there is only so many things he can do. And it is very kind of, okay, I'm going to do this. And then mm-hmm. shoot. And so maybe that is just get him in a bunch of those type of situations, less in, you know, less at the top of the key. Hey, you know, it's up to you. Go find a basket. Sure. Sure. Well, I don't know. We're going to have a seat very, very soon what all happens here because we get basketball in less than a week. So I'm looking forward to it.
So I have one last question, but um, you can uh, just mute me after that. Uh, no, no, Mav's, <laughs> Mav's question. It, is there any player, you know, because I'm thinking of Ben Simmons with this question, is there any player that was so unlikable in college but then remained unlikable when they got to the pros in your mind? Like, have you ever... Ooh, like a star-level player that was just... Yeah, so I mean, there's players. always guys that have issues. It's just that that tends to work itself out in the wash because they don't get to being a max level player. Yeah. Kobe Bryant. Like, there's been a lot of retconning of Kobe's career. Dudes did not like that guy. Other players, teammates, he people did not like him. Um now, that stopped mattering at a certain point because he was an unbelievable basketball player. But that's one guy that comes to mind. Like, there's enough early Kobe stories in Slam Magazine and think like, people like his people around the league thought he was a poser and didn't care. Like, just it was there's a lot of ugly copy that's just been retconned out of existence because he's now been deified. But that's that's the first one that comes to mind. Yeah, that's, that's probably. Oh, oh, God, great. God, our, our slide, like, this is why I need to read the comments more. There's some good ones. Um, Trey Young. Trey Young was not well liked. Uh, that was, that's a really good one. Um, I think Grayson Allen to a degree, but Allen's never going to be a superstar. Like the fact that he looks like Ted Cruz doesn't help him. Um, I, but I think he's kind of worked. I think a lot of, like, he's worked himself into a nice career. But the, both those are good comps. Thank you guys. I appreciate that. I don't know if I find Trey Young very unlikable, though. Like, I know the stories that came out last year, but he he's not. Oh, I, you mean as like a fan versus other people? Yeah. Or, versus teammates. Ooh. Yeah, because, I mean, man, I don't know anybody that's like, I'm a Ben, I'm a ben Simmons fan. Like, that just isn't a thing. Um, I could be wrong. I'm not sure. Because I think, like, maybe my Kobe example is not so good because fans always loved Kobe. They loved his work ethic. Um Play because yeah, I get it. Like I like Trey Young too. Like in spite of myself, like he's just the bit that he like the the wrestling stuff that he was doing. God, that's funny. I can't think of anybody though. Really can't. Maybe maybe JJ Redick. That that was a good one. Who came to mind? But he kind of he kind of became a likable player. Like I hated playing against him, but I never like oh JJ Redick's kind of an asshole. Mm Hmm. Mm Hmm. Nick suggests Mario Chalmers. I like that one too. Man, I hated Mario Chalmers, <laughs> and I loved him in college because of the like the get. Was it against uh, Memphis? Memphis? Was that was that who they beat for the national championship? Man, all this stuff blurs together Derek after Rose. a while. Yeah, they beat Derrick Rose to for that title. Yeah, yeah, man. These are good. That's a good question. I like that. We're gonna have to think about that. Um, that's that's like a, that's great off-season fodder. Bank this one for the next eight months, and then we'll talk about it next July. That's good. Well, dude. All right, man. You have a good day. You too. Thanks for having me up. Of course. Okay. Then come a couple more folks. Let's go, Ryan. How you doing, Ryan? Hit the unmute button because sometimes it instamutes you when you come up on the stage. All right, I'm going to remove you off, and if you can request again, you might be able to come back up. Um, try Tyler. How you doing, Tyler? Great radio. 
You hear Tyler? Hit that unmute button. Well, that is okay. Hey, I'm um, on. Can you hear me? Hey, there we go. Hey, sorry about that. Uh, yeah, I was going to say uh, Grace and Allen as well on that. Um, but anyway, um, so I've heard you talk about how, like, we're going to be a, a great regular season team this year. And it's got me thinking, like, I, I think I agree because of our depth. Um, like, we just got a ton of guys. Uh, but we have, like, way too many bigs. So I was – yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, we got like Moses Brown, Willie Cauley-Stein, Chris Stapps, Dwight Powell. I think Maxi, if he if he's like healthier this year, I think, I mean, and he can get his shot back a little bit. Like, he, and he's he, like with – he used to be a great defender, like our best defender. Um, I mean, that's like five or six guys right there. Um. And I've heard you mention like Eric Gordon before, and I've I've always loved Eric Gordon. He may be toast by now. I'm not sure, but is there anyone else? And and I know we're trying to get Drogic too. Like, and if we got him, like we would just be loaded everywhere. It seems like. Um, is there any? Well, and I'll say like Josh Green. Like, yeah, he can't shoot. But if he could, man, his athleticism is off a wall. And that's like one of the things we really lack on our team is athleticism. Yep. And um, I agree. I mean, if we could get him to shoot, it could be a, a real – it would allow us to, you know, really run. Like if we're talking – if we're trying to run faster this year up and down the court, that guy could be really explosive. Yeah. Um, I, he'd be fun in transition. Yeah, and, and his defense is so, solid. Like he doesn't always know what he's doing, but I think he'll get there. Yeah, I do. I mean, man, I want him to be good so bad if he could just freaking shoot. Um, but um, is there like any other trades besides Eric Gordon or any any possibilities of us getting another like a, a two guard that's not Tim Hardaway? Um, and I like yeah. Tim, but somebody else who can dribble. Yeah, yeah, someone else who can. And, and I know Drogic would do that, but. Maybe, you know, it wouldn't hurt to have Jodgic and someone else uh, because Jodgic mm-hmm. gets hurt sure. so bad or so much. So, oh, I mean, I, I think there's there's got to be a plan because they just can't have six centers on the roster. It, it, it's exact. I, I agree with you because even if you like filter Maxi and you play him kind of as not necessarily a center, but like power forward guy who can guard wings, yada, yada, yada. I don't really know at the moment because it feels like like this is the time of year where everybody feels really good about their team. And you're probably not having many discussions, which is why the Toronto thing, you know, someone said, hey, there's no, it's October 1st. And it, sorry, I must have cut out my, some, I got a phone call. Um, there, it's, it's, October, <laughs> it's October 1st and there's no news. And, you know, it's just, I think, I think it's going to be a while. It, I had talked myself into October 1st and now I'm just, just moving the goalposts. I bet this is kind of who Dallas has, and the only way that that things move along is like, let's say Luca had like an unfortunate injury that forced him to miss like five games or something, like an ankle sprain. That would bring this out to the surface to where they, I think they would then have to make some moves. But I think that that this is who uh, they're gonna they're gonna dance with who brung them at this point, and they'll see how far it goes. And 
you know, hopefully the new front office, as it gets closer to the trade deadline, if there's opportunities to upgrade, then they'll do that. Um, there won't be, you know, I, I'm going to be very curious to see how that team operates out of the trades because I've just heard some stuff from the rest of the, from, from, you know, friends around the league who cover it news wise that like Cuban's involvement with the trade stuff was detrimental to the point that I think people would sort of leverage Cuban against himself and, and, you know, people don't want to deal with the owner directly like GM to GM. And I don't, heard some stuff about how he considers himself the GM, yada, yada, but he should be involved in the final decisions. He shouldn't be involved in like the strategy calls and the, the fishing and that sort of stuff. Like that's what you hire people for. Then you just give the sign off or say, no, you know, that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. And uh, Nico, like, <clears throat> you know, supposedly has cachet with a lot of guys around the league. So hopefully he'll be able to, you know, maybe, uh, just more teams to be willing to work with us. Right. Just like being yeah. involved. That's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> yeah. And I think and I agree with like, I think it's going to, we're going to have to get like maybe a, a fourth or a fifth of the way through the season before like, you know, and we got like to show play, you know, show how good some of our depth players can be to make them actual trade assets, you know, or possible assets or in a trade. But, um, yeah, that's pretty much all I had. Yeah. Thanks, Kirk. Yeah, sure thing, Tyler. Appreciate you coming up. Um, all right, see if we have any other requests. All right, guys, this has been a nice, uh, nice way to spend part of a Friday. Hope you guys had fun. Um, go to the Fan Jam on Sunday. Go to MazMoneyBall.com. We've been pumping out two to three posts a day, all the preseason content. Um, next week, Josh Bow has a four-piece series that he's going to release that's you know him kind of – doing his Josh thing where he churns out like 1200 words on a, on a particular question or topic or, you know, Josh doesn't always write for us just because he's got a busier life now, but when he does, it's really, really good stuff. I'm, I've enjoyed editing it. Um, we're going to finish off with player previews and things like that. We'll be doing some more podcasts during the week, but yeah, this has been great. I hope you guys uh, enjoy the rest of the weekend and uh, we'll talk next week. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, Just go to cars.com. It's magical.